Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to In Traffic with Neil Rubenstein. I am your host, Neil Rubenstein. And today I will be sitting in traffic talking to Tank Sinatra, Instagram meme lord. Neil. Yo, what up, man? What's up, bro? Stand-up comic motherfucker. What do you, uh, I called you in the intro, I said you were an internet meme lord. Is that, uh, is yeah, that that's <laughs> meme lord? Yes, what do it you, is. Like, what do you, what do you say? What do you say? Like, what do you, what would someone who doesn't know what you do say you do? I just avoid the question entirely. <laughs> what, do you do for, what do you do for work, man? Uh, I'm a garbage man. Please leave me alone. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I have so many questions. All right. Uh, How, how's my sound right now? Good? Oh, you sound great. Are you on? Uh, you just on a regular phone, holding it to your ear like a normal human? No, I'm actually on uh, Bose Bluetooth headphones. Oh, they sound great. The highest quality. I'm talking into the steering wheel of my Jeep, so. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you, you turn left, you fade out and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if I look over my shoulder for traffic, you definitely lose me. Uh, it, you've been doing this forever. Doing what forever? You've been cultivating an audience on Instagram since Instagram. No, I started my Instagram page about three years ago. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And you went from zero to two million in three years. Yeah. Um, the, the, there was a huge bump over the last couple of months with, uh, thanks, good news, but I was, yeah, 1.5 over three years. I had a lot of help though. What do you mean? From God, my, my Lord and Savior. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, the fat Jew helped a lot in the beginning. Really? A ton, yeah. Because wasn't he just like, because at first he was just reposting stuff without giving credit. That was the that was the story, but the the real story behind that is he's kind of he's one of those people like either he likes you or he doesn't, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I was lucky in that he liked me, but I was also making content like four, five, six times a day, posting it. Like I was really consistent with it. You had people who would like write one joke, and it would go viral. And it got stolen, and they were, like, hanging their whole hat, their whole career, their whole livelihood on one joke. And my response to them in, internally, I didn't get to speak to any of these people, was, like, do more. Be funnier. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you wrote one joke, and you want to fucking, you don't want to crucify this guy for, t for not doing hours' worth of research to find out who made it? Like, just make another one. And, and the people will find you, which is what happened with me. Like, I would just – you couldn't de deny the fact that I was making – like more more memes than anybody in the world. Period. When did you notice it was catching on? Like, or even just like how, you know, you start with like a thousand, and then you get to like ten thousand, and then you're like, all of a sudden you're at a million. Like that feels like. Yeah, it was crazy. There was there was a couple of times where, like, there was two instances that I can pinpoint where I finally started to realize like I had something going on, and one of them I was at my friend's son's birthday party and uh 
they were his cousins were talking about my page, and at that point, I had like ninety thousand or ninety five thousand followers. And his grandma leaned into one of the cousins, and she goes, "Wait, what? What are you guys talking about?" And his cousin goes, puts his hand over his mouth, and goes, "He's famous on Instagram." And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm famous on Instagram! Wow, that's pretty cool." I wasn't thinking like that at all. And then there was another time where I was at this store and I was talking to the guy that owned the store and I was like, yo, how's business? Because he and I were friendly. I said, how's business? He goes, it's good. It was really good. There was this guy hanging out here who was huge on social media and he was saying he was hanging out here and blah, blah, blah. And then he stopped and then, you know, business kind of took a, uh, took a little bit of a downturn. I said, oh, what's the guy's name? I thought I would definitely know him. I had, you know, I asked the name. He told me the name. I typed it in. The guy had like 12,000 followers. And at that point, I had like 600,000. And I was like, wow, this guy's huge on social media. Wow, that's crazy. I guess uh, I'm huger. Because you don't feel it. Yeah, like, well, it's not your name, you know. Like, do people in your real life call you Tank? They do now, yeah. But Yeah, but they didn't, right? Um, I mean, it. As soon as I started to, as soon as I took on the Tank Sinatra name, I guess, um, and I started getting press and I was like getting, you know, uh, Nightline did a piece on me as Tank Sinatra, a.k.a. George Resch. It wasn't the other way around. Right, um, okay. People started calling me Tank. And then once my mom called me Tank, that was it. <laughs> She's accepted it. <laughs> well, it's like a, it's, it's definitely like a fun, it's, you know what I mean? It's not like... It's not like Fat Jew in the sense that, like, people, I think it's fun to call you Tank. You of know, course. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, so, like, I get, like, a little giggle when I do it. But, yeah, like, this, the Tank, the new, that's the one that I follow. That's great, because that's, that's not original content, but that's, like, it's all positive stuff. That's, like, more along, like, um, that's, like, that gives it, that shows a little more personality, you know, because that's, like... Not that it shows more personal, that's not what I meant. It shows more of, like, what you're about. Cause yes. It's all yeah. positive, uplifting, like, good mood stuff. Well, in retrospect, I, I kind of did a couple of things backwards. One, um, I can't, I mean, and there's no way I could have known this, but I came out with my, my book, Happy is the New Rich, and people were like, huh? Like, this fucking guy who, who makes memes? wants to uh wants to help me feel better about life i don't understand like it just wasn't computing and then to be honest with you once i once i came out with hank's good news everybody on my main page started acting differently it was pretty cool actually like i had a lot of trolls i had a lot of problems on my uh my main page and then once i came out with hank's good news i would see people try and troll me but my followers would just be like yo not here not this guy this guy's a good dude don't fuck with him I was like, wow, that's great. <laughs> that is, that's very, that's interesting. Thanks, did Brad. Did translate, did it translate, did you, did you, were you able to sell a lot of books? Like, No, because, you know, thanks to news, I, I hesitate to do any, any promotions on because it's so pure and it's still so new and people expect, like, like, people get really upset. Like, even if something is not good for everybody, people get upset. Like, I can't post anything about, like, stupid shit, bro, like global warming or gun control or gay rights. Like, I can't post about anything where there's a divide in the country right now because 
it just doesn't belong on there. I'm trying to keep it as universally positive as possible. Like, there's no way that anybody could say anything bad about anything on my page from anywhere, any group. Right. Which is tough. It's tough to find stuff that reflects that. Like, you can't be like, gay couple has, you know, finally gets to have a kid because some lady's going to be like, gay people should have kids. Yeah, exactly. News. Exactly. People are annoying. So, listen, it's a very small percentage of news that I that I of good news that I not that I can't post, but that I won't post. I don't want people will politicize anything these days, yeah. and I just don't want to post anything that might be politicized. Do you personally have a strong viewpoint on that, or you're just like, hey, you know what? Right now, I'll keep it to myself because. Of, no, of course. I, listen, I'm I'm an American citizen. The problem is with trying to mash opinions of somebody is that you grew up in a household where this happened and that happened and that happened and this happened. And I grew up in a household where other shit happened. So, like, the fact that you feel differently about life is not only... Uh, like um, okay, but to be expected. I don't give a shit that you that you think that every citizen in the country should own a gun, or that uh, you know being being gay is a is a sin. Like that's how you were raised. I don't agree with it, but that's fine. Like I just I I'm so tired of arguing with people. You know what I mean? Like I'm just I'm so like fatigued, and I don't really have it in me anymore. Every once in a while. If I think that I can get somewhere with somebody, I'll have a conversation with them. Also, just to hear other viewpoints. I like to, to hear opposing viewpoints to my own. So I will, like, have a dialogue with somebody. But, yeah, I definitely have my own uh, my own opinion on things. But I, I understand that it's just my opinion. I have a, a good handle on what that means, which is, like, barely anything. Because I know a lot of, like, comics who will say, and we've spoken about it on the show, too, with some people, where they're like, well, right now I don't want to say anything that's divisive because I don't want to, I'm still trying to build a fan base. But then at a certain point, we like to think that that opinion would change and we would, once our fan base is cultivated, then we can start weeding weeding it out a little bit to the people that are like-minded, but... Well, I've I've done that before. Like I've posted things on my page on purpose, or posted selfies on purpose to weed out people who aren't there for me. Like if I post a selfie and it makes you angry, you have to leave. Like you can't. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't be here. Did you end up like posting about that guy's business to like see if you could influence more than the other guy, or which uh, which business? So you said you like some guy was saying. His business started to like... Oh, no, no, no. No, I didn't. I just thought it was funny that he said this guy who was huge on social media and then I looked right, at his family at 12,000 followers. Do you, think, do you think you can influence at this point? Like if if you started putting stuff on the meme page or... A, a local business? No, I don't think so. How do you... If this is personal, I don't know. Uh, how do you monetize on Instagram? So I have a uh, a year-long contract with Bumble, which is a dating app, uh-huh. um, where I do sponsored posts for them. And then I have, you know, other come in here and there where uh, one will want. It's basically, you know what it is? It's like owning your own TV network. It's actually pretty cool that you have, like, 
like a show that comes out on television that sells eight minutes uh, worth of advertising space and probably makes, I don't know, eight divided by uh, half, 16 times 20,000, like it's uh, dollars $400,000, $400, like I, a post of mine will get as many views as that show. You know what I mean? We'll get a, we'll get a million impressions. And it's static, and it's something that people can go back to. Like, the value is just so much higher, so I try and use that. Because um, I get a lot of offers from people for, like, 50 bucks for a promo, and that's not the kind of, you know, it's not the kind of page that I run. I make the majority of my material. My face is attached to it. It's verified. It's like a brand-ish kind of thing now where... You got guys that are, you know, they buy a million followers or two million followers and they're, they're doing promos just trying to make back their money. And it's a little wacky out there. It's kind of Wild Westy, you know. Are you concerned at all that it's not a platform, like, that you don't, that you don't have proprietorship, proprietorship over? I don't know that how to say that word. Oh, uh, no, know. no. Yeah, of course. Um, the fact that Instagram could turn on me at any second, you mean? Yeah, they could shut down or change your algorithm yeah. or... Of course, 100%. Yeah, it's something I think about a lot, which is why I'm trying to, um, like, branch out now into the real world, I guess you could say. Like, Instagram is one thing. I guess the, the, the line between real world and the Internet is so blurred. Who knows what's what anymore? But I am trying to... We came out with an app, uh, which is like a real world thing. Thanks Good News is going to be a uh, show... And we're doing a, uh, a documentary called Meme Gods, which should be out, like, this year, which is really exciting. As well as anything else, like stand-up comedy, which I started doing a couple of weeks ago, with my attempt to, like, never have to have a regular job ever again. I can't do it, bro. I right, can't. Right, right. Like, I did it for I so long. I, I just quit my job in December um, after doing everything for, like, three years. And it, it feels so good. But now it's time to, like... You know, I was in sales, so I kind of feel the same. Like, I was in sales. I worked for a company called Victorian Fence, which is a, a company that a friend of mine owns, and it's such a good company. It was so easy to work there. Everyone who works there is amazing. The company is great. But at the end of the day, like, I just don't get turned on by Fence. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he does, and I totally understand that, and that's why I love you know, the world, because everyone has their place. You know, I, I'm designed, I believe, to uh, to make people laugh and to make people feel better, maybe a little bit more hopeful, and he's he's designed to make sure that if you want a fence, <laughs> there's a company that'll do it for you. Are you religious? Um, No, I wouldn't say religious, and I know this is, like, such a pat answer that, like, people my age give. Um, my My, any kind of spiritual work that I've done came out of me being in recovery from drug addiction and alcoholism. Okay. So it's not really like my childhood faith is completely like, you know, just done. Like I, I, I once I found out Santa Claus wasn't real, I kind of had a hard time believing <laughs> anything else because they were so closely related. It's like, all right, so this guy who comes to my house and brings me stuff who isn't alive anymore, but I have to believe in, on Jesus' birthday isn't real. Maybe the other guy, I don't know. I've never met Jesus. I don't know if he's real or not. But I love the I love the idea of the fact that the creator of the universe sent in human form somebody that we could understand so that we could see what God's love looks like in human form. There's a couple of things that I 
I'm a little hung up on like the resur like the like the real crazy stuff like the resurrection and like the miracles. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right, so right, right, right. That's so I, that's why I can't consider myself religious because most of the doctrine of even like the most basic level of Christianity I have a hard time with. But I like the message. I love the message of service and tolerance and all that stuff. So you attribute your positivity to a more spiritual thing, not a religious thing. Yeah, I mean, also, my, my my positivity and my need to keep a good attitude is, um, it's a function of me trying to stay alive because I've seen people get sober, um, get happy, get complacent, get miserable, get drunk, and then die. You know what I mean? Right, okay. So, so it's kind of like, it's a li- I have a little bit more at stake than somebody who just kind of wants to be happy like I want to be happy obviously but I also have a little I have like a a fuse attached to a bomb that is not lit yet and has gotten pretty long over the last 15 years the fuse is like I would have I think a lot of time to put it out but I don't know so I just am constantly trying to make sure that that fuse never gets lit were you a PMA hardcore kid were you like a positive hardcore kid or no yeah um I was like, you know, I, I was not a roughhouser. I was not a, like a, a, you know, I remember going to a couple of shows back in the day and I was like, man, these fucking guys suck, bro. Get these guys out of here. Why are they fighting? Like, why is this the problem? I remember being at a show at Irving Plaza and some guy who had like 15 people behind him punched me in the face, but I thought he was joking, but obviously he wasn't. It was like, I just, bro, I love music so much like I I can't even explain in words how much I love music and how much it means to me the fact that people take that as a an opportunity to be a dick in whatever way is you know it's not something no yeah so I was PMA hardcore kid I didn't know I was but yeah I mean I loved um like your Iron of Lightfoot's CD came out when 1997 98 Uh, I have no idea through eight, somewhere in there. Okay, yeah. Anyway, um, that was, I was kind of out of it at that point, but I was still hanging on. And it was just, you know, some of that stuff that came out during that time period when I was really into it. I, it was obviously like Madball and Agnostic Front. It was right after Neglect disbanded that I got into it. VOD was the first show that I ever went to at the Roxy. They, uh, they played with Corn. And that was like 1994, and I was in it like every single weekend after that for like three years or four years, somewhere around. I remember, there. I remember that show. I remember going to see that. <laughs> oh, it was uh, nuts, dude! Nuts. I have like a all my memory of that stuff is also blurred and like missing huge gaps. Like I'll be sitting with, like I was talking about Christian and you the other day. Like I'll be sitting with him, and he'll be talking about something that like. He was like, dude, you were there. I remember you were there. And I'll be, I'll just, I'll be drunk a blank. Like, I don't remember <clears throat> at all any of that, you know? Yeah. Which makes me think it wasn't good memory. You know what I mean? Like, what, what was going on back then that I was, like, blocking stuff out, like, left and right, you know? Well, you, you, were you going to shows as a fan or you were always in a band? I have a terrible problem. <laughs> I don't where, know. <laughs> where whatever I get into, I have to 
I become obsessed. I have to be a part of the creation of it. Yeah. Like, I couldn't go to shows. I had to book shows. I couldn't like music. I had to create music. I can't watch comedy. I have to create comedy. Yeah. I I can't... Something in me doesn't let me idly consume. I have to create. And so, as soon as I started going to Arco shows, I was in a band. As soon as I started going to shows, I was putting on shows. So I never... You know, there's never a time where I could watch a band just without any kind of knowing what's going on behind the curtain, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I have a, a similar story, but on a much lower level. Like, once I found out, I put on one show. Once I found out how much effort went into it, I was like, oh, my God, this is a nightmare. I couldn't handle it. And then I got, I, I, had, I, I threw one show in Tomac, and I booked... Days Lost on it. I booked this band Perception, this band Outrage, Sub-DK. It was a, just such a fucking weird mix of music. None of it went together. And then the band that I was in played also. And What were you in? One, I was in a band called The Low Life, which was... Uh, we, we played like five or six shows over the course of our two years together. And my voice was just... I, I had a cough for two years. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it was just too much effort, you know what I mean? So I, I, I like to do both. I like to enjoy, consume, and create. And to be honest with you, part of the joy of creating, for me at least, is the fact that I get to consume what I created. You know what I mean? I get that. But, like, you're not a consumer. You're a creator. You create. And your work ethic is ridiculous. Like, what, you, you post six times a day, every day? It used to be more, yeah. Like, the first time... Like, the first year or so, I was posting, like, ten times a day, you know? Like, so every ten, ten original jokes every day? Um, when I first started, it was not all original jokes. No, it was a mix. And then once I started making my own memes, it it stayed at, like, eight or ten, but then it just got to be too much, and now it's, like, between four and six. And but still, that that's an incredible output. Like, four to six jokes a day? I mean, guys yeah, I mean, who write listen. monologues are lucky if two jokes get into a monologue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not all good. Some of them are, you know. I mean, well, but but they didn't exist before I wrote them or made them, which is part of the joy of creation. I personally wouldn't use the local show as the as the gauge because you have people who know you, who know, who are proud of your successes that are going to come support at a deeper level than random Instagram fans in the Midwest. Of course. So do you think that it translates in that direction? Like a Kim Kardashian or something, she is a celebrity, and if she comes to Instagram, has a million followers on Instagram. So when she does something, people are like, oh, well, that's Kim Kardashian outside of the world. So, do you feel like your fan base on Instagram will translate into the universe? Or are you using these numbers that people give inaccurate inaccurate weight to to get things in the real world so that you can build a new fan base out there? (laughs) Wait, hold on. 
saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about this question for a month and a half. So, <laughs> wait. You so, think? so you're asking me? That's a really interesting question. And so here's the how? how oh fuck! <laughs> you got all the time in the world, buddy. All the time in the world. Take your time. <laughs> I want to answer it honestly, but I don't want to show all my cards. But I'll fucking answer it honestly. Whatever. It is what it is. There are people in the world that give way more weight to an Instagram following than it actually deserves. Okay? okay. Right. So, like, for instance, my publisher, when our book came out, when my book came out, he was like, we only sold this many. I don't know why. I don't know why we only sold this many. When I talked to, like, like, he thought with 800,000 followers, I was going to sell 80,000 books in one day. You know what I mean? Right, right. And that's not what happened. I wound up selling, like, 12,000 total, which if you speak to somebody, that's, like, a lot. It's a lot, yeah. a lot. Most, but, most, but, that's, but that's the weight that I would give it. I would say if you have, if you have a million followers, then 100,000 are engaged and 10,000 are real fans. Yes. That's how I would have assumed it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like people just throw these percentages out. Like you have a million followers. If ten people do something, okay, what the fuck? Why would ten people do something? Why do you think ten ten percent of people are going to do something? Where did you get that number from? They don't understand like the the logistics of getting a like on a picture versus getting an ass in a seat. It's a very different thing you're asking somebody to do. You right. know what I mean? You're asking somebody to go on a website spend their money on tickets, wait for the day, get in their car a half an hour before that time, drive to the place, pick their friend up, go there, sit down, and wait for you, the guy who makes memes, to do stand-up comedy? Who the fuck? I have no idea, bro. I have no clue. And be quiet. And be quiet. And laugh. (laughs) And respect me. Yeah. And, and, like, that's like, dude. People always... People they make a producer show and it's like produce an audience. If you produce an audience, you're in control. Yeah. You can do whatever I, I, you want. Produce an audience. So so to answer your question, I know that this show is not reflective of what would happen if I were to go to say um North Carolina or Florida or Cal California might be okay. California I have a lot of people over there that seem to like what I'm doing that chime in when I do something in real life, but I don't know, bro. I have no idea. I had, at my book launch, I had, which was a, pr- a private party that I that I had because I wanted to celebrate the achievement. I had like 85, 90 people there, but that was all friends and family. At my book signing, there was like 40 people there that I didn't know. Like So half the amount of people showed up for me that, but it was a book signing, which is also kind of boring. I don't know. I'm banking on like that Conor McGregor feel where it's like can he he can do this can he do that I want to go see if he fails in this other arena you know what I mean so you're well because I know you're not hoping that's a weird that's a weird uh, that's an interesting take but in my mind I'm I'm stepping in the ring I already won you know what I mean yeah well that's I mean. Uh, we're all very chatty in the Long Island community, comedy community. Uh-huh. So, like, so, you know, 
people don't know that I know you, and they're like, oh, this guy, where's he out of nowhere, this meme lord? And I'm like, well, he's a good guy. And then I'm hearing now, I'm hearing back, like, yeah, he was really nice, he was really respectful. And it's like, yeah, dude, like, there's that's the difference. Like, Wait, like wait, people, hold on. Who's, people, people, are, people are talking about me? That is very interesting to me because I don't think of myself like that. Yeah, so, well, because you came out of nowhere, and now you're doing shows, you know? Like, the, the same way if, uh, I'm, I don't want this to sound negative. This is not a negative thing. Oh, boy. People put in, people put in years of work to get one spot a month at Governor's. Oh, no, yeah, 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 I totally right. am Well, you're respectful that. to that. You're respectful to that. And some people get opportunities because of their dad or their uncle or their cousin, and they don't. They're not respectful of that. So, yeah. So when you first, when your name first popped up, there was some like, oh, another guy, you know? But then as people started to meet you, they were like, oh, no, he's awesome. <laughs> like, super nice, well, well, totally I, respectful. I, I, I know that there's a thing about, like, Internet people drawing a crowd and getting stage time that other people feel they're entitled to because of the work that they've put in. Well, entitled is a fucking... <laughs> well, you you know what I mean. Like, so so you're no, saying, no, like... I know, I know, I know. Believe like, yeah, me, I know. <laughs> but but, the, but the, the fact is that it's a very... So, first of all, let me just say that I am very, very aware and very sensitive and cognizant of the fact that what I have going on is very special and unique, and I try and treat it as such, and I do everything I can to make sure that it's not disruptive. I understand that there are things outside of my control that may affect my ability to continue to do what I'm doing, but for right now, like, every time someone calls me and says, hey, you want to come down to brokerage or McGuire's or Governor's, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's an amazing opportunity. I explained to my wife, like, this doesn't happen. I have to take these things. This is an yeah, amazing yeah. opportunity. And people that I meet that like um that I meet on these shows, I have nothing but respect for, but they also have to understand that I did put in the work. I just did it in a weird way on a it, different platform, you know? Right. You you right. You put in the effort, you wrote every day, you put it out there every day. And I, but I, yeah, I, just, I don't think anyone disrespects. I just did it a the, little backwards. You, well, because they're just looking at it from a stamp from a stand-up point of view. Yeah, like totally. if you got a TV show, you know you earn that TV show. I think the only time, but like I said, once they met you and once they saw that you had respect, I mean that's all these guys want. You know what I mean? Like. We just, like, someone in our lives didn't love us enough, and we just want <laughs> to be loved, you know? Like, yeah. so if you show us respect, like, that's it. Like, these guys all, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm saying these guys all, I'm, three or four people in particular that I speak to that, yeah. that we, you know, we spoke about you. But, you know, because there are kids out there that don't, you know, that do feel entitled and don't respect the art and don't. You know what I mean? So yeah, like in that regard, yeah, you you definitely did win just by getting in the ring. But yeah, I'm also. I think it. I think it also must come across to these people, even if even if it's not spoken about like uh, explicitly, that I am a fan of comedy first and foremost. It just so happens that the way that I decided to express that the last couple of years was through memes. But I grew up listening to Bill Cosby. And and uh, 
Joe Rogan and Dom Herrera and then Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan. Like, I fucking, bro, I love comedy, period, end of story. Whatever form it comes in, whether it's comedy, bang, bang, or it's naked guns, the weirder, the more popular, like, I don't care. If it makes people laugh, I'm about it. And even if it doesn't make people laugh and it's an attempt to make people laugh, like, I did a show last night and this guy did really bad, like, really bad. Somebody actually yelled, fuck you, from the, from the audience. Oh. And oh. when he got off the stage, they were like, boo, they were booing the guy. But between he and I, like, respect for doing it. Like, you sucked at it, and you were kind of, like, weird and offensive in a in a weird way. But you tried, and maybe you learned from it. If you learn from it, cool. If not, whatever. Try again. You yeah, I mean? if, you, if, you learn from, if you learn from it. Oh, it was so bad, dude. He, I I bet a guy like that's not learning from it. It's just, you know, he's probably not because he said he's been yeah. doing it for like four years, and he actually yeah. he actually paid for. Uh, they, that, I guess they do videography at this one place, and he's like, I'm gonna I'm, I'm definitely gonna get it. So he paid for it beforehand, and then I was thinking like, you want a refund, bro? You're not gonna want to <laughs> watch that one. <laughs> he was so nice off stage, and then when he got on stage, he was he just said like the most outlandish shit he could think of, I guess, which. You know, whatever. I attribute that to, like, when you first get on stage, like, if you're not, if you don't have jokes that make people laugh, but you offend, you get, like, that reaction, like, ooh, uh, right? And, like, if you can't turn that into laughter at some point, you just keep doing that because at least it's a response. At least it's a reaction. Like, any press is good press kind of a feeling. Like, like a cutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like they just Eesh. they just they want some reaction. It doesn't matter what the reaction is and it's like yeah, but if you fuck if you started getting laughs, you'd be like that's the reaction. That's the reaction I want. Yeah, but I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm doing as much as I can to I know that I I personally feel a lot of pressure to get good at something that I don't know if I'm good at very quickly to respect the fact that people are coming out. Like, the last thing I want is for, you know, you said produce an audience and then you can produce a show. Like, I, I want to do both. I want people to come out and I also want them to feel like their time and money was well spent in that seat. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. Yeah, of course, because you, you don't want them to be like, oh, I went to that. It was I'm never doing that again. And then that like the worst thing somebody the, the worst thing somebody could say was, "Hey, how is that tank thing?" and they go, "Yeah." Yeah. You know, like yeah, if, if yeah. they go, "Oh, I loved it. It was amazing." Or, "I fucking hated it. I actually tried to fight him after the show." Those are both good <laughs> responses. <laughs> Those are both acceptable, but "eh" is like, "I'm not trying to get eh. I'm trying to get a reaction." But like the guy from last night and like you just said, I know what reaction I'm looking for. I don't want hate, but if I'm if I'm if when you're authentic and you're genuine and you are who you truly are, there are going to be people who are like, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah fuck this guy, you know. 100%. So I'm not like, and I also don't want it to get out that I'm doing an hour of stand up. I'm not doing an hour of stand up. I'm going to do a right. split. It's more of like a one man show where I kind of explain, you know, I go through my love affair with comedy, explain the pitfalls that I, I had to sidestep in relationships and life and work and just mental, you know, psychologically in general, then the whole Instagram story. So I'm going to try and make it 
you know, if I, if I can't be funny, at least be interesting and engaging and give people some information that they didn't have before that they felt like they needed, but they didn't know they needed. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how you have it build is like an hour of uh, stand-up and storytelling, right, or something like that? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think anyone's going to be like, yeah. I want to use like multi, like, you know, audio and, and images and stuff like, so I built my, my following off of commentary on images, so I have to incorporate that. It would be like ridiculous not to, but... Like my favorite, probably, and he's he's relatively new, but my biggest comedic influence is Bo Burnham because he just fucking does him. Right, right, right. He does his thing. It's not stand-up, and it's not a concert, and it's not a motivational speech, but you get something like it hits on a lot of different cylinders for me. His early success was probably not from doing stand-up, right? He was doing like YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was discovered on YouTube. And, and, bro, even his main video, like the video that put him on the map, has 9 million views. It's not like it's got 100 million views. It's 9 million. It's really not. Like, if you can get people, what I'm trying to do now is to turn that mustard seed of loyal fans that I have into, like, more engaged, rabid fans so that I can fill an audience and tour and reach people on a level that you really can't on Instagram. You have to, like, there's something about being in person with somebody that, you know, it's hard to recreate that on the internet. It's not yeah. impossible. Yeah, I, I mean, that's I use the term cultivating. Like, you want to cultivate a fan base. Yeah. You you want to get it, the, the guy who likes you on Twitter, you want him to also come over to YouTube, and you want him to come over to Instagram, and you want him to buy a ticket. Like, how do you... How do you do that? Like, you, you have to engage in so many ways. Like, you know, so, yeah, if you get 1% or 10% of 10%, which is, you know, it's 1%, but it's really, it's 10% of 10%, is, like, that, that's that's great. Like, you sold 10% of your book to 10% of your audience. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's a that's that's the rate. That's an unbelievable rate. Yeah. And your audience is growing every day on Instagram and blowing up, and then you're doing all these other secondary things to aid that, and that's going to aid, and then that's going to feed into that that first the other thing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I lost track because I'm not drawing it in a circle, but <laughs> you know, like, because you don't get like. You're not getting views on YouTube the way you get. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so weird, man. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting situation I fucking got myself into over here. When it went from like ten thousand to a hundred thousand, did you know how to make money? How to make that into a living? No, I didn't. I didn't do any ads. When it was that size, nothing. I only you, started doing I only started doing ads when I hit like a million, and I got verified because I uh, I was getting like reasonable offers at that point from from you know big brands that I wanted to work with. So you didn't even know you could. No, I mean I knew that like the fat Jew made money, but I didn't. His his model 
is like, I don't know. I know that there's a thing with him, but again, well, I'll go a back. Bit of a, he was a little bit of a personality in real life before Instagram. Exactly. And he was also very shrewd about the business deals that he put together where they made him bigger offline than, you know, which they made him, if you can get an Instagram following and then parlay that into like real life notoriety or fame or whatever, that just feeds back into your Instagram. That's just like, it's like a, a self-perpetuating cycle, which he harnessed and was very good at. Unfortunately, he got caught up in the plagiarism thing and he didn't really handle it that well. I mean, he was, he had an opportunity to like, he had an, an interview in Rolling Stone magazine proper, like the actual paper magazine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they asked him what, you know, um, they asked him about like, you know, the plagiarism and what does he think about it? And his response, bro, I shit you not. I don't know if you read the article, but his response was, I've been sitting in hot tubs filled with nacho cheese for 10 years. That was his actual response yeah. to the question. Yeah. I remember it was like, that. wait, what? What do you mean? What What about the thing? Uh, okay, whatever. Anyway, it's like too much. He's too much of a show to like be a real person at this point, I think. You know what yeah. I mean? Because so, you, so, you were saying it earlier. You were like, you were like, oh, you know, if you have one thing and it gets, it gets picked up without credit from that point of view. I get what you're saying. Like, you know, create more and people will find you. But in the case of the fat Jew, it was like, he could also just put your name on the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where is he screen capping it from? Just put the name of the person. Well, there's, like, there's a lot of different sources. There's also a thing where like, if I, it's hard to manage a, uh, an Instagram page and, and continue to make content, right, over and over again. Right. Whether you're finding it or making it, it's it's still difficult. So when someone comes to you and they're like, hey, um, you know, I took that picture. Would you mind crediting me in the caption or whatever? It's like, yeah, of course. No, obviously, of course, it's your picture. No problem. When you get a direct message that's like, hey, asshole, you stole my picture. Okay, fuck you right away. Fuck you and your fucking stupid picture. I didn't steal your picture from your page. I found it on Reddit. I fucking shouldn't even be talking to you because Reddit owns the image. I get real belligerent with people when they're like dicks because there's no need to be a dick. It's all fucking cool until it's not cool. You know what I mean? All I, right. I found your picture on Reddit Photoshop battles, which is impossible to fucking source because it's all cross-posted from different subreddits on Reddit. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm open to talking about crediting you, of course, because that's the right thing to do. But don't come at me like, hey, asshole, you stole my picture. I'll delete it. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? It's not working right, for right, me. Right. I don't even want to give somebody like that any shine on my page whatsoever. Right, and I get that. I get that. Which I'm sure he got a lot of. Hey, asshole, you stole my fucking joke. All right, well, fuck you right away. That's the, the, the energy that we're on. Which sucks. Yeah, I don't know. He just seems like, and especially with the way he responded to it, it seems like he was on the malicious side. You know what I mean? Um, like, yeah. I, can't I mean, imagine everyone that asked him was like, "Hey, can you give me credit?" Was a dick, but he literally gave no one credit. Yeah, I mean, he gave me credit, and he gave another account credit, and it was like. <laughs> 
And even the other account fell out of favor with him way before I did because I eventually fell out of favor also because you just he's so, I guess, fed up with the whole situation that he doesn't even want to talk about credit, um, which I've had multiple conversations with him about. Actually, very recently, there was a friend of mine. Does he, does he still not give credit? No, he's worse than ever now. He's worse than ever. I mean, if if there's a, yeah, I think he's very sensitive to the Twitter jokes, but something he finds on Instagram that was made by a meme maker, like you have Twitter comedians like fucking Brian Gar or Shut Up Mike Ginn, guys who just produce witty fucking jokes all day long. That's cool. I guess he sees them differently than a meme maker. And like my friend Adam, who's uh, my partner, he runs an account called Adam the Creator, and the guy photoshops everything. He puts hours sometimes into a piece of content, and he steals his shit. And something happened between them two, and I kind of had to, like, moderate it, and I wound up telling the fat Jew, I was like, listen, bro, you steal something from me. First of all, you have credit with me for life because of what you did the first year, whatever. That's, like, a, a totally different ball game. But him, you guys have no relationship, and that's not even to mention the fact that I spend three minutes making a piece of content, and he spends three hours. So when you steal his shit, it's a little different. And he's like, oh, like, the fact that he cares is gay or some shit. And it's like, no, dude, the fact that you don't care is fucking weird. Like, the fact that, like, you think that it's stupid to care is, like, seventh grade bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the kid that thinks it's... The kid that thinks it's cool to be dumb when the when the teacher answers him uh, asks him a question. It's not cool to be dumb. Very actually, very uncool to be dumb. You're gonna have a very tough life. <laughs> Get your shit together, man. You know. Yeah, that that uh, you know. I don't know. I guess I'm a little I'm a little sensitive, you know, because. Well, know. you're like a you you're like doing stand up. You know what I mean? Which is totally different. Which is like. You take my joke, that's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I spend, you know, like a year telling the same joke in a basement to get it to the, like, to get it into good shape. And then you just, you're just going to take that year's worth of work and tell that joke. It's like, whoa, whoa dude, like, put like a year into that joke. <laughs> yeah. Like, figure out if it's a fart or the fart. And but this is going <laughs> to but listen, so there's also, in stand-up comedy, like, there's, I, I knew that there was overlap in the meme community because I had seen a picture and made a meme and somebody else had made a meme and I didn't steal it from them and they didn't steal it from me. And I know that when there's, like, a collective conscious of humor, we're all yeah. pulling from the same ideas, I guess, of humor. Like, you and I... It's in the ether. I know, I, yeah, I don't know if you've watched my comedy, but we have a similar line, one similar line about being big. So oh, watch, so is it like uh, uh, we look like bouncers or something? No, no, no. Yours is this look keeps me safe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is I've been working out for 25 years, and it's fucking been a big waste of time. It's given me nothing back. It's probably kept me from getting mugged a couple of times. And then I go into a whole other thing, and I've I, I did. I had a bit about locker room dick, which is like an, a, such an over fucking done thing. But I had to get to the point where, like, my take on that is that, like, I have a, a bit where I'm like, 
you know, they talk naked, they brush their teeth naked, they fucking shave naked. I don't even do that at home. I'm like a dog that needs a thunder jacket so they don't get nervous, but for my dick area. But there's no way to get to that without the old man dick thing. And I, I saw a bunch of comments that were like, Tom Segura did the same exact bit. And it's like, no, he didn't, because I actually, we follow each other on there, and I messaged him and asked him if there was any overlap, and he said no. Second of all, I know that there's no way 100% guarantee anybody has ever said they need a thunder jacket for their dick. There's not. <laughs> so that's the joke. The setup might be similar or the premise, but there's always going to be overlap. It's really about – fuck, bro, it yeah. sucks. I, I hate to say it, but it's about who gets the joke seen first. Well, yeah, there's that. But, I mean, overlap is one thing. Like, Yes. Yes. Everyone's got a everyone. Every big guy has a been mistaken by the for the bouncer. It's like what you do with it after it. Like, yeah, I say I'm 100 percent safe, but that's that's not the joke. That's the it's premise. A, is exactly. I'm big, so I'm always safe. Then I tell a story about a mugging, an actual true story. You know, so it's like, you know, I, I don't know. That, that's different, but. If I were to cultivate that, you know, okay, so your, your version of that is, you know, uh, 26 words. My version is four. I'm mm -hmm. 100% safe. If you started telling that version of it, just those four words, I would get upset because I'd be like, well, not yeah. you, because I'd be like, all right, I don't know, let me open for you. But, like, someone else, <laughs> I'd be, someone else I'd be upset because it's like, well, I spent – a year in a basement getting that 26-word thought yeah. to the four perfect words. Yeah, no, you're absolutely I'm right. 100% safe. That's it. That's the, that's the, you know what I mean? Like, that. I, I want to get into it as quick as possible. Yeah. So, in that case, I don't, uh, yeah, if I saw someone do my joke, the wording that I did it, I would, I would I'd be bummed. Cause it's like, what is it? It's a, I'm 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 a hundred percent safe. I'm one hundred percent safe. I mean, I'm gonna have to remember that for next time. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, like I said, bring me on tour. I got no problem. I'll write jokes for you all day. <laughs> but that's that's the other thing. That's the other thing that allowed me to get into stand up because memes is like you got like that's it. You're it. Like there's no fucking. There's no tags. There's no nothing. It's just like you either have a joke for the picture or you don't. With stand-up, what I found, and this is something that actually took a lot of pressure off of me. Um, I watched the comedian a bunch of times, like, in the week leading up to me doing stand-up. And it was totally unintentional. I just liked the movie. I think it's a great movie with Jerry Seinfeld where he's building his act again after throwing yep. it all away. Um, and... I watched him and Colin Quinn figure out that Think Tank bit, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then I remember, I, I forgot who else it was. They said, like, my act has lines from other comedians that were, were happened during conversations after shows and vice versa. Uh, I think maybe it was even Seinfeld. There's somebody that said, I, I have a lot of jokes in so-and-so's act and this person's act, and they have jokes yeah. in mine. I was like, oh, it can be like a fucking, like it takes a village to make it Yeah, we have... We have a writing group that meets once a week, and we just – each person takes a half hour to go over a joke that they want to work on, and yeah. we all pitch ideas. And it's that person's idea. 
This person's establishing a bit. Anything I say in that half hour is his. Yeah. He's earned that because in a half hour, I'm going to go, and anything that he says in a half hour is mine. Yeah. That same, that same, that same run, that bouncer thing, I think I have a very unique version of the bouncer joke. I've seen other people be like, oh, what's the bouncer doing? I think I have a good version of it, and it's 40% Ryan Brooke gave it to me. But it's because he can't do that joke. And he heard me do the joke, and he was like, what if you yeah. tag it with this? Yeah, the yeah, tag yeah. Ends up, the tag ends up getting a bigger laugh than the, than the joke, you know? So it's like, yeah, that's great. You, you know, it's funny. One of my – that I was very excited to do, when I did stand-up years ago, I did it, like, when I was 23. I wrote I, – I did the same thing. I made a joke for this guy. That was very simple, but it would only work for him because of his body type. But then I wound up being that body type, and that's kind of like I was excited to say. I open up and I'm like, "Does anybody here go to the gym?" I'm thinking about joining, and then I wait, and they laugh. Yeah, it's so simple, dude. It's not like a groundbreaking thing, but because of who I am and the way I look in my physical package, it makes sense. I was very Very excited to do that, but I also got a lot of like. I felt very good watching him do the joke and him getting laughed. It was the same thing. It was the same feeling to me. Yeah, I get. The, yeah, I love, I love seeing someone get a huge pop for a tag that I gave them. I love that. But I wanna, I wanna write for people too. So like, that, that for me, like I'm proud because I'm like, yeah, I wrote that. Tell people I wrote that. For you. you know what I mean? Like I love that. But that's different than taking it. You know what I mean? That's different than not. You know, it's different yeah. if the fat Jew did it. If the fat Jew did it, it's like, hey, man, I'm going to catch you on the street one day. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. uh, yo, uh, I made it to work safely, even in the rain, thanks to this delightful conversation. Beautiful. Uh, yo, man, thank you very much for doing this. No problem. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yo, good luck, man. I really... I, I want to see it happen for you, man. You're a good dude. Uh, you're a nice guy. Uh, your shit's, like, super positive, and you work your ass off. And, uh, yeah, I hope the show goes great. I mean, I know the show will go great, but I hope, you know, uh, whatever you decide to do with this uh, works out nicely for you. A little a testament to you. I, I would say for about 80% of this conversation forgot that we were doing something that's going to be heard by other people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I get that a lot, man. You <laughs> tricky people, fucker. A lot of people text me after, like, can you take out that one part about so and so? I get a lot of that. I have, oh, uh, shit, I, have probably... I forgot. forgot this was a thing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, if there's anything you want out, man, just text me. I'll no, no, no. We're good. Right. Leave it all. Um, Leave it all. Like, uh, again, like I said, thank you so much, and uh, best of luck and everything. And I'll, I'll just... I guess just tag uh, just uh, tag your Instagram in the post. Like, do you want people going anywhere else? Where do you want your audience uh, sent? Yeah, text Sinatra on Instagram. That's it, just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Thank you. All right. Yeah, no, Keep thank in you. Touch. you good? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. All right, peace. Bye. Yeah.
don't give a shit about Neil. Yeah. <laughs>